a priest, his brother, and a married guy walk into a podcast to discover the deepest truths of our day. If you're a seeker of ancient wisdom, interdimensional museums, and the Baltimore Catechism, then this is not the show for you. You're listening to the Untitled Catholic Podcast. And it starts right now. Take seven, Untitled Catholic Podcast, number 23, here, still live in Nashville with Father Sean Nolan, not in Nashville, but in cold New York. How are you holding up, Nolan? Blistery. I'm hunkering down. I'm doing all right. Is it really as bad as they're making it sound, or they made it sound? You know what? Actually, it's worse than I thought, because it's really, like, super windy out there. Like, it, it, it looks... It's not like like a snow day where you look like, you know, oh, that'd be cool to go out there for a little bit. Like, you look like you, you go out there and you're going to blow away. So it's a bomb so, cyclone. Yeah, this whole bomb cyclone thing may not be as stupid as I originally thought. <laughs> <laughs> a, it sounds like it sounds like a bad minor league baseball team's name. The, the bomb, bomb cyclones. cyclones. That's gonna happen. Some someone's gonna name their stupid minor league independent league team the bomb cyclones. So Sam Champion was right this whole time. It is pretty bad out there. Yeah, give, give credit where credits due. How many inches of snow do you have so far? Alexa just told me uh, that she predicts uh, seven and a half inches. Total? Total. So do you know what you're up to now? No idea. A lot. Seven and a half, that's not that bad. No, it's not, actually. But um, it's it's also, like, very weird because of the wind. So, like, the the drifts are changing, are, are, like, deceiving. If you will. Our dad is probably going to be stuck in New York City for the next two days. What's he doing in New York City? Well, he went to work today and didn't necessarily plan out his escape plan. Because oh. he leaves very early. So when he leaves, it's not that bad out. And he's probably like, it's not that bad out. But then coming back, it's bad. Now, so what's drives, the temperature in Nashville? It's like 26. It's cold. It's still cold. Oh, okay. But it's not snowing. No. I've only had one snow day... When I was in Nashville, and that was with Ike, and I was like, oh, there's still certain restaurants that surely are open. No. Everything shuts down for three days here if it snows four inches. It's ridiculous. Yeah, people don't know how to drive here. They don't know how to drive. They don't know how to shovel or plow or salt, but whatever. We we would say that about anywhere that wasn't New York, though, wouldn't we? No. People in, like... In like Rochester and in and, and those kind of places would what say that about Ro- us. What state is Rochester in? Yeah, but there's places like Michigan and, and Canada and stuff like that and, and North Dakota. Colorado. Canada, yeah, like places where it snows more than the snow that we get. But Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota. Minnesota yeah. can't drive either way. Minnesota. Snow, no snow. My, my motto is there is no one in a rush ever in Nashville, which can be frustrating, but that's for yeah. another time. When you're in a rush. When you're in a rush. But then you can make the argument, why ever be in a rush? Just plan your day better. That argument definitely could be made. So, that's probably what the slow southern people would say. What are you sipping on, Nolan? Tea? Green tea with lemon. Are you sick? I've had a uh, like a post-nasal drip for like three weeks now. But other than that, I'm <laughs> All right, so I have a story about post-nasal drip. Oh, this ought to be good. We had a, um, uh, in the seminary, we had this 
this priest come to do the uh, Myers-Briggs test on us. So we filled everything out. And then you, you take, then he comes and gives you the results. But as he was talking, he kept going, huh? He's like, yeah, so when you look at this, huh? You got to figure out, huh? And he kept doing that. And as the day, <laughs> <laughs> as the day was going on, as the day was going on, it got worse. And he was like, I told him something. And he was like, what did you get again, huh? And I was like, I got this. <laughs> this is the score that I got. And he goes, that doesn't make any sense. And he's looking at it. And he's looking. He's like very close to me looking at the, 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 the test results. And he's like, huh? 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 So like, it was, we went to lunch and we came back. And we were still, he was like doing it like after every few, it would be like, uh, and you know, and then we're going to ha, and then we're going to ha, and then he was like, it kept happening. And this one guy in our class was like, father, can I get you something to drink? <laughs> <laughs> and it just made it worse because like he wasn't acknowledging that it was happening. So it was better if we just did it. And he was like, right. no, I'm okay. I just have a post nasal drip. Huh? Huh? And I was like, oh, this is uncomfortable. So he was doing it on purpose or it was like an uncontrollable thing? I think it was an uncontrollable thing. Oh, my gosh. That's that, that's great. You guys must have done that like for the next like couple of weeks to each other. Yes. I'm drinking. I'm currently drinking a ginger aid kombucha to not get sick. Is it good? It's actually not. If you like ginger, it's not bad. The more you drink it, the better it tastes. It's the, got a weird aftertaste. The initial couple of sips are very vinegary, and then after so it's an you, acquired taste, huh? Yes. Ha. The more you drink it, huh? The better it tastes, huh? Definitely. You no, know, I, I don't want this to be a part of my daily routine as a kombucha. You don't want to be a, 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 no, a regular. I'd much rather drink. a beet juice with ginger in it versus an organic and raw gingerade kombucha. The the, or, the raw it. part is what makes it sound worse than it actually. I, mean, uh, I think that's the aftertaste, the vinegary. Aftertaste. <laughs> the vinegary. It's, it's the raw. Yeah, the, there's also a lot of sediment that you have to shake constantly. Yeah. You're constantly, You're constantly shaking. shaking it. Well, I'll just think with my green tea. Yeah, that's that's part of the. Uh, so, Father Sean, tell our faithful four listeners. Um, what we do when you're in Nashville. This is year three that you visited in January. Yes. So this is your fourth visit overall, or the fifth, fifth visit. Fifth and fourth, third time that this is our annual New Year Nashville trip. Yes. Things that have to happen is you have to have hot chicken. That's a definite. Yes. Eating hot chicken? ramen. Hot chicken. Hot Nashville chicken. style hot chicken. We go That's to Pepper thing. Fire. Okay. Yeah, it's really good. KFC tried to replicate it nationally. I can only work. imagine how awful that is. I went what, to a what's, restaurant. What's different about it? It's a because dry rub. It's, and it's oh, like it's a chili. It's a chili so type spicy. chicken. Yeah, it's fried chicken strips um, with like a chili rub. Gotcha. Um, it's not saucy. Not like the Christmas tree. Right. <laughs> and uh, it's it's very spicy though. Like even there's mild is is very spicy. Lightly yeah. mild is lightly mild is what we would call medium. It's that's the most enjoyable because you still get the flavor of the chicken mixed with the with the dry rub. It's not like your mouth is just burning. Gotcha. Because yeah. I'm not a, I'm not big on spicy stuff, so you'd have to get the light mild, but you would probably be sweating. It's spicy. Light mild is spicy. 
But that's like the that's the thing like Kansas City is barbecue, Nashville's hot chicken, New York is pizza. That's Nashville's claim to fame, I would say. Yeah. Philly gotcha. has the cheese sticks. So when you're here, you don't call it Nashville. Boston has chicken. beans. <laughs> Philly's got cheese steaks and awful people. <laughs> you oh. said it, not me. All right, so we've already ostracized Southerners <laughs> and people from Philadelphia. Southerners today. and Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would say it to their face. Philly people, for I sure. Wouldn't, I, I wouldn't I, say I, it I to their face. Like, I'd be afraid I'd get beat up. No, I would say it to their face in a safe environment where you knew you, you would say it to their it. face and then run. Yeah, that's exactly what I do. Which actually, <laughs> there's a story to that. I don't know if I should share it on the podcast, but no. Then I, if you have to ask that question, I would say that don't. But I once went to a Phillies bet game in Philadelphia. People are yelling bad things at me, and you so were 14, right? I was 14, so I, I yelled less bad things at them, but still yelled things at them, and then ran. And they were like, ah! I remember it was like that. a scene out of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. But anyway, I was, so... I, I was actually pretty obnoxious to some um, Philadelphians at a Phillies game once. The Mets weren't even playing. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> you, don't strike, you don't strike me as someone that would cause trouble like that. Yeah, it was just a really rare moment. I don't really know what came over me, but... I think I was were just feeling talking? really good because the Mets were really good that year. It was one of the rare years that they were. It was probably 2006. 2007 was when we went. And that was before yeah, I wanna the say, collapse. Yeah, I want to say it was 2007 before the collapse. Yeah, because we, we might have off been the high of 2006. But, so anyway, hot chicken. What else, Sean? There's ramen. We, get, we go to this place for ramen. Otaku. Is that what I thought it was called? Something else. Well, we went to Otaku last year. We went to Two Ten Jack the year before. You said Two Ten Jack is better. Yes, but it depends on what kind of ramen you like. Do you like ramen, Nolan? I do. I don't really eat it a lot, though. But not because I don't like it. Just because it's, we don't have it ever. It's not around because you have kids. Things change. Right. Well, it's also not any good ramen places. I, d- I did when I was in college. But those, <laughs> that's a different kind of ramen. I I know it is. <laughs> I know it's actually like a nice like thing to go out and get like in the city and stuff. Yeah, in the city, I mean, you could probably find a ramen every. In the city, you can get some. Blocks. You can get some pretty top ramen. You can get top ramen uh-huh. in the city. Just ask Ike yes. if he listened. What else, Father Sean? Then Jenny's ice cream is usually after ramen. Yes. Then um, we go to the the Catholic bookstore because almost every year every year I've come here in January I always forget something for mass so we have to go to the books the Catholic bookstore to get whatever I forgot but this year he did not forget anything I did not forget anything but we're going to go just for memory's sake and then by the bookstore is also the um, uh, hotel where we stayed when we first came here so that's for memory's sake too Eating Hacienda Mexican. A lot of the things that we do evolve around food and the people that Justin works with. No, no one I work with. Just people I hang out with. Yeah, but you they all work on tour with you. No, they don't. Probably some of them listen right now. 
Colleen, Jenna, they don't work on tour. You just said the other day that some of them are going on tour with you. Colleen, for the first time. Okay, well. So it's different. Whatever. Fine, that's fine. But so then that's People the other loving part Nashville of if you're here on a Monday. Yeah. So that's kind of the only activity. And Everything then, else revolves around food. And then people. And, and people. then the belonging, which we'll talk about later. Um, we saw Jumanji last night. It's pretty oh, good. Do tell. I I think. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a bold statement here. The current best duo in cinema is Kevin Hart and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah. Comedy had... duo. They're they're the best. This I, is only... I I think I would enjoy a movie if you told me. I don't know if I believe this. But if I you don't believe what you're gonna say, I'm gonna say it out loud and we'll discuss it. If you told me you could see without a plot, you could see a movie starring Will Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg, or Kevin Hart and The Rock. I got one better. Or who? Will Ferrell and um, uh, what's his name? John, John C. Riley. Well, they win. Will Ferrell, and John C. Riley. Win. Yeah. But I think I pick The Rock and Kevin Hart over Will Ferrell, and Mark Wahlberg. Really? And you but love Mark, Mark Wahlberg. I, and I love Will Ferrell, but that's because they've made two bad movies recently. But there's there's this good dynamic, like the big, strong, muscular, tough guy, and then Kevin Hart just plays such a good, insecure person around him. It's very funny. Is, I thought um, I thought Jumanji isn't was the Rock good. like the the like most like wealthy celebrity in Hollywood or something like that, or made the most of the money in the past year or something That's like that. That's definitely think, possible. Yeah. And I think a couple years ago it was Kevin James, which is funny, because he's in some pretty bad movies. Kevin James is the most bankable. Which is, that's crazy to me to think. I feel like The Rock, if you think a movie star, The Rock is a movie star. Yeah, but The Rock makes money, where Kevin James doesn't make as much money. Like Jumanji's budget is is more than any Kevin James movie. Do you think true. Jumanji was worth more than Mall Cop Two? <laughs> so, that's why, like the amount. That's what I read that Kevin James's movies because they're cheap to be made. He makes they make more money than they cost. Oh, so it's it's like a net gross thing, right? Not just overall. Right. So, like, Jumanji might make $500 million, but it costs $250 million to make. Whereas, like, Mall Cop would make $200, 300000000 million, and then it Cost only costs $30 million to make. I see. That makes sense. Who would you so pick, So, he was Nolan? the most bankable. Out of all those duos, who do you pick? Out of all two of those duos? Three. We have three duos. But you said one wins hands down. So, you want me yeah. to, you well, want to pick out of Nolan. those... You want to pick those three or come up with a new one? Come up with one that's better if you think there's one better. Well, all time, I think um, Chris Farley and David Spade. Yeah, all time, they would be funnier. All time, they're, yeah. I, I just, I wonder, like, if uh, if he never passed, how many more movies they'd make. And maybe they would even have made some pretty bad ones, too, but I don't know. Yeah, they, all right, I, they even, did. Even Chris Farley's bad movies are pretty funny. Yeah. He's just so funny. Yeah, he is. And, All but time, but David Spade one. is the perfect deadpan guy to play off of him. Like I n- I've never thought David Spade was funny in any other capacity, but he's hilarious next to to Chris Farley. Yes, yeah, I would David agree with Spade, that. David Spade standing alone is not funny. No, but Chris Farley, he's funny. With Adam Sandler, eh, Adam Sandler, he did. I think I grew out of him. Yeah, he's not as funny. He, he jumped the shark a long time ago. Yeah. Yes. So out of then out of those three, Nolan. 
John C. Riley, Will Ferrell, Will Farrell, Mark Wahlberg, Kevin Hart, The Rock. I'll be honest. I, I probably like if there were there were three movies out at the same time, and I was given a free ticket to any one of those, starring those three. I would probably pick uh, Farrell and Wahlberg. They, over right, that's fair. Over Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. Yeah, I I uh, I I, ne- I never thought uh, I, I I don't know I, I'm not as big of a fan of, of John C. Riley as other people. See, and people listening uh, that may have just started listening to us, they're probably wondering. How is this a Catholic podcast? Well, Mark Wahlberg's Catholic. That's how it's Catholic. It's true. And and we mentioned Mass, so that it's still on the theme. And I'm and sure not Dwayne The Rock Johnson has met a Catholic. Yeah, well, he's. I'm sure he met Mark Wahlberg. And the podcast isn't over yet. Exactly. But I think now's a, a good time to take a break. <laughs> And we're back, Untitled Catholic Podcast, episode 22, three away from a milestone, 25 episodes. Have we decided what is going to happen on the 25th episode? Well, you already said the other day that you might not be able to be on the 25th episode. Well, if we keep the pace of consistency up, we could try and figure it out. So what? we should have a grand celebration. And how are we going to celebrate? I don't know. Speaking it of should ce- be grand. Speaking of right. celebrations... Do you, have, do you have any recommendations, Dolan? For a 25th episode celebration? Yeah. 25 questions with Monsignor McDonald. I think I think that's, that would be amazing. Can right. we get him? That's two more episodes. That's We could do that, right? This is 23? I, 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 I think so, yeah. I think we could. 25 questions with Monsignor <laughs> McDonald. <laughs> we don't really have to ask 25 questions, but we should have him on for the 25th episode. Let's see, McDonald. What's your favorite Christmas movies? I don't watch Christmas movies. <laughs> I don't watch movies at all. I don't watch movies That's not at true. all. He likes movies, and not the ones that you would expect. You, yeah. You, can we say his favorite movie, or should we save it? I think we should save. We got to save it. It will let shock him, our Let listeners. him answer it. Let him. Let him answer that question. And I, I hope that we're doing justice by, with our Monsignor McDonald's impressions. Because I feel like we are. The, when Ike first met him, we said he said that we did it perfect. Well, then we have a really good chance to uh, find out because if he's on the show, people can we'll be able to be the judge of that. And then he he I did my impression for him once, and he said, "You could do that for my funeral." <laughs> <laughs> so, um, speaking of celebrations, Nolan, you currently have a snow day. Is that right? I do. And are you celebrating? What's that feeling like? Celebrating? I am absolutely celebrating. But my so version d- of celebrating is sweatpants and building trains and... Green tea. Watching movies and green tea, yeah. There's probably of soup involved, knowing you. <laughs> I feel like we're perpetuating the soup now <laughs> more than we really need to. Yeah, it's the narr- keyword narrative. <laughs> I mean, I do like soup. Don't get me wrong. I know no, we're just building a fake persona for you. I, I suddenly have a hankering for some matzo ball. <laughs> <laughs> so does does it affect? Like, do you get to sleep in a little more, or are your kids up anyway? It doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, my kids are up early, but I'm I, I get up so early to get to work on time. Like, I get up at five every morning, so. 
a- anything like six o'clock and, and forward is, is sleeping in, and I'm fine with it. So, and I mean, they announced it the night before, so that's a that's a game changer. Oh yeah, that's like unheard of. That's that's when you know it's going to be serious. And then that means your snow day starts at five p.m. the night before, and then you have a snow night and then a snow day, which is great because the the worst is like, you know, when you know there's probably going to be a snow day, but you can't. You still have to prepare as if it's not going to be anyway, you know. So you still got to iron the clothes, and you still got to set your alarm, and you still got to, you know. And then, and then I get up so early, like sometimes I'll take a shower and then find out I have a snow day, and I'm like, ah, that's you know, oh, that's that bad. Would, that would it's the worst. Well, two of the altar servers I was talking to uh, right before um, school started for them again. So on Monday, the first of January is when I was talking to them. So they were still off. And they were like, oh, we hope it snows this week. So then we have even less time. Well, they got their wish. But they had to go into school for, I guess, two days. Then got a snow day. And then, what do you, you think there'll be one tomorrow, too? I'm actually kind of thinking that. Because it's not supposed to stop snowing until 1 o'clock. I mean, 1 o'clock a.m. or p.m. tomorrow? 1 o'clock a.m. But still, like, the way I'm looking at it, like, I I could go out and shovel now. But, like, then it's just going to... Especially with the wind and the drift, it's just going to like all fill up again. So I, I kind of have to wait till it stops snowing to shovel. You don't have a snowblower? I do not. But I have a very small property, so I really don't need one. Okay. But I don't know. I live, I live far enough away from school that I can justify coming in a little bit late if I need to shovel myself out. And I mean, maybe good, it would though. just be a delayed opening anyway. But that, that, even that's good because you don't have to rush. You can wake up, have a nice oh, breakfast. I, I, it's better as a teacher because you don't – as a teacher or someone who works in a school, you don't want a, too many snow days because then you lose them in the spring. Yeah. Yes. And then also you have to catch up with your uh, curriculum. Exactly. So do you have a snow day that stood out, like an all-time favorite snow day? Like from when I was a kid? Yeah. Or oh, any. Man. Any. Well, I'll, while you're thinking, I'll start with mine. Okay. Go for it. So um, it, there was once an unexpected snowfall. So uh, a bunch of us from our elementary school, uh, it was led by my friend Natalie Branston. Um, what we did is we wanted to make sure that the school stayed closed <laughs> for a few extra days. Um, so what we did is that we were trying to hijack... Uh, uh, the plow trucks that would come around our neighborhood. Uh, meanwhile, while I was part of that group and all that was happening, uh, my friend Natalie's big brother, Hal, he was trying to use the day to try to win the affections of the most popular girl in middle school, um, Claire Bonner. Um, and Hal's and Natalie's dad, his name was Tom, and he was a TV meteorologist. And he faced off against a rival meteorologist for weather coverage of the day's events. So it was very memorable. They should have made a movie out of it. It was so crazy. And then maybe Kevin Hart and Dwayne The Rock Johnson could have been. Yeah. In. I mean, they if could, I could had have been the opposing meteorologists. If I had to, if I had to cast it, I would cast uh, Chevy Chase probably as Tom the dad. I would probably have uh, Natalie's bigger brother probably as... Mark Weber, I think, is the best guy. Uh, snowplow guy would be led by Chris Elliott. I feel like he would be a good one. Um, and then the most popular girl in school, uh, 
probably the actress Emmanuel Creaky. I, I think that's who I would have cast. Who is if you, that? If, Shrieky, I think is Shrieky. You, Shrieky. you know, she was in uh, Entourage, Entourage and Don't Mess with the Zohan. Don't Mess with the Zohan. He's using IMDb to figure this out, but these are already things in my mind. I was thinking of all of these things, so I, I think they should make a movie about it. It was an epic snow day. I think you have to write it. Yeah. Um, she was actually, ironically, in the movie Snow Day as well. Anyway, Father <laughs> Sean, what was your favorite snow day? Well, I think as a priest, snow days are great because you say mass and nobody comes. It's funny. It's like, a, I mean, I'm not happy that nobody comes, but it's when there was one time I had 645 mass and it was snowing and only one guy came and he kept thanking me for saying mass just for him. But I didn't say mass just for him because people buy stipends where the, so the mass is for a certain person. So you have to, you have to say that mass for the person. You can't not do it so Did i was gonna say that? that yeah but he didn't he was still so excited and then the last you should have time told him that. You should, i said, it just I said don't worry don't worry it wasn't just for you so you don't like don't feel like you're putting me out but he told a whole bunch of people that i said mass just for him so but anyway but then nobody comes that was his like, favorite snow day too yeah, I, I, I was saying <laughs> <laughs> I was saying mess at another time on a snow day and all I heard was them like snow blowing the, the paths, but nobody was at mass. I was by myself and in the church saying the mass just in case somebody would show up. But um and then nobody comes to the rectory, nobody like you don't really get any phone calls or anything. It's like a day with, with nothing to really do, and it's kind of fun. The, the best snow day I had, actually, I think was actually in college. Well, I mean, when I was in high school, we would shovel a lot and make, make some extra bucks. One time, some lady paid us in oranges. <laughs> what, what did you do with them? Did you eat them? And we brought them back. She gave us like three bucks and a bag of oranges. I didn't know. I didn't trust them. I was like, why is this lady giving me oranges? She poisoned them or something? Yeah. I didn't eat them. But then when I was in college, there were a, a several snow days over the course of a couple of years. And one time I built an igloo with my buddy. So, I mean, it was a legitimate igloo. You could fit four people comfortably in it. And then that night we hung out in the igloo. It was awesome. And then it that led to cool. it led to Father Sean and I building Magaldi Tower. There was a part one. And then a part two. It was probably how big? Eight feet? Yeah, maybe nine. It was essentially an Empire State Building of snow. The first one Pictures was just kind of us. It, we had, there's a video online. Yeah. We'll Is post it? it. Sean will post it on the Twitter. Patreon. The Patreon, the Facebook, everything. I don't know if the video is still online. Well, at least the, I had the pictures. If, well, then you could send the pictures to me and then I'll post that. The first one was built and it was kind of just like we just pushed snow up. So it, it wasn't very symmetrical or anything. And as the wind was blowing, it started getting a little bit cockeyed. And my dad didn't like the way that it looked, so he knocked it down. He knocked it down. <laughs> <laughs> Which brought us to rebuilding it and it was more symmetrical and it looked more like the Empire State Building. It was wonderful. It was, and it, it stood. I mean, it's all that frozen stuff together. It's gonna last a while. 
That's cool because that's some like stuff like you see in movies, like pe- people building really cool stuff in the snow, and it's like I could never like recreate that in real life. Like I was, it was it was always such like a disappointing thing when I tried to build a fort or something snowing. So so to hear that you guys actually pulled some cool stuff off like that, that's it no, gives I, me once, a lot of hope for the world. I I was in Denver once for uh, spring break visiting a friend, and there was a snow day there, and we met up with a bunch of his friends, and we built a Tim Tebow. It was back when he was big in Denver. For that one year? For that one year, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the one year he was big, we made a Tim Tebow kneeling, Tebowing. That's awesome. Do you have pictures of that? I do. I have all these pictures. I'll, I'll post oh, all my epic. You know, I've had a ton of good snow days. That's great. The I, first I mean, one I mentioned was probably the, the best, but. Well, that one you can make a movie out of, but. Yeah, definitely. I, I think for me, like. Just what I loved about snow days was I had a block that had a lot of kids on it growing up. So, like, yeah, snow days are great now because it means getting to stay home and being off of work. And but like as a kid, snow days meant like being outside. Like unless it was like a too dangerous to be outside. Like it meant being outside all day, playing football in the snow. All great things. All great things. Yeah, like that. That those are some great memories. My my most profound memory of a snow day not necessarily my most fun and you'll know why in a minute is um the day uh that my friends and i uh dared each other to um stick our tongues to the pole a la a christmas story (laughs) and um (laughs) did anyone double dog dare you uh, I think we got to triple dog, and that's what. Uh, but, but, but we we ultimately decided to do it together, so that if we got in any trouble, um, we were all in it together. So um, we did it, and um, it worked. Like you could like stick your tongue, and it would your tongue would stick, but it was like you know if you pulled away quick enough, like you felt the pull. This is disgusting, by the way. Let me just say that. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we could all agree on that. I just wanna I just wanna you know set the record straight there. But we were kids, and we did this, and um, you know it was like it was like in the morning or like the mid afternoon. Later on that day, though, um, I was outside with my sister, and I was telling her that like you know we really did it, and your tongue really does stick to the pole. You just got to pull it away really quick. But this was now at like five o'clock in the evening, when the the, the that pole has gotten colder and colder and colder as the day goes on, and more and more licked. Yes, things that a, things that a guy doesn't think about, a young kid like me didn't think about. Well, my tongue actually got stuck, stuck. Oh. Uh, did you just put warm water on it? Well, that's what I should have asked my sister to do because I was like a two-minute run from my house. She could have got me a warm glass of water or something, but like a moron, I ripped it off. So I had a bloody, battered tongue. I couldn't taste food for a couple days. It was it was awful, and I'll never forget that day. Oh, and that was the last time I licked a pole <laughs> in any weather condition. <laughs> oh, it's gonna take you, that's the last time you stepped outside when it was snowing. Oh man, Do yeah, your kids nothing- enjoy the snow. They do, they do. They're, they're having a hard time realizing right now why they can't go out, but if, I'm afraid if they go out, they're going to blow to the next block or something. Uh, or lick a pole or something. 
No, I would prevent them from that, but <laughs> at least do my darndest. I know. I know from experience. You don't want to yeah. lick bowls. Did funny. I ever tell you about the times I licked a bowl? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been the same again. So it sounds like both of our snow days could be movies. Well, my, or at least mine yours, essentially was a movie. <laughs> your your scene in the movie and mine a whole a whole movie starring. We could we could take movie. all our snow day stories and combine them and make yeah. one big giant movie called Snow Day. Snow Day, starring a Manuel Shrieky. Who I still don't know who that is, but <laughs> Google her. I, I would tell you how to spell her name, but I don't know how to spell her name, so I'll throw it in the Google machine. <laughs> Welcome back um, to the, uh, the 23rd episode of the Untitled Catholic Podcast fe- featuring Sean McGaldy and Nolan Reynolds. So, Nolan, uh, what first question, I, this, I think this is a good question. Have you ever been to a full non-denominational church service? Like a Hillsong or something like that? I don't think I have. I've been to the churches, to other churches, but I don't think I've ever been to like an actual service. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I guess I've, I've been to like, no, I was going to say I've been to like a, a born again service, but it was more like a play with like a little prayer service afterwards. It wasn't really like a so Sunday. So it wasn't like a, a Sunday full service. house. Yeah. So th- there's, there's a specific church that has been kind of booming here in Nashville. It's called The Belonging. Um, I think it's only, I think it's four years old, they said. Yeah. And the idea of it started, um, so a lot of Christian musicians play shows like Thursday to Sunday. So then they're not at home for a church on Sunday. So uh-huh. then this specific church started to grow uh, and, and they start per, to put on services for Tuesdays when most musicians are back in Nashville. Which actually okay. is a great, I thought it was a great idea. Um, yeah, that is a cool idea. And then as a result, because all the, it was kind of intended for a musician's community, um, the praise and worship features a lot of touring musicians from touring drummers to bassists to like big time singers like the Carrie Job. A draw for other people. Yeah, like Carrie Job and Lauren Daigle and just kind of like big time worship leaders. And do you know a lot of these people like personally? Like they know you by name? Uh, That, like the people I mentioned just now? Yeah. Some of them, yeah. I mean, a, a handful of them. Uh, we've crossed paths and been uh, been on the road together. Um, so, and a lot, a lot of my friends that were touring started getting involved. Uh, and then it's kind of started as like a few hundred, maybe a couple hundred people. And then after like a year, it's all of a sudden a few hundred people. And then um, I think they draw like close to, I, I want to say like 800 people every Tuesday. And it's at a wow. music venue that is Christian-based. And it's like the idea of the music venue is for, to get kids off the streets and like provide them with a skate park and all that kind of stuff. So it's this whole big thing that they collaborate together. Um, and I go every once in a while, uh, especially for the praise and worship, because it's, it's incredible. It's really good. And they, they recently just put out an album, and the album is awesome. Um, so it's this really cool 
for lack of a better it's called term. the belonging it's called the belonging and it's this really great environment so every time that sean comes we go to the belonging um sometimes we stay the whole time this time we stayed for about half of it and then left um and there's a lot of things about it that like sean and i kind of geek out about and say how we could apply them to our catholic faith so obviously they're not catholic so they're missing the sacraments is the biggest thing that you notice when you go is that there's no sacraments uh Mm -hmm. and there's the lack of the eucharist uh which which obviously we believe is the most important part of our church um so there's that but i mean from as a priest sean why don't you describe your experience when from the minute you get out of the car to when you leave. So when you get there, like you, there are people that are helping you park, and then you, they kind of, you know, show you where to park. If you get there early enough, you could park close. If not, you kind of have to go around. Um, so, but then you, once you park, they kind of like direct you, and they're very welcoming. And like one of the things that, like the first time I went, I got there and. I, Justin saw somebody that he knew and went and said hello to them. So I was standing there by myself. And like three different people who worked there came up to me, said hello, asked if I was with somebody. And then I wow. assumed that if I wasn't, then they were going to like point me to um, somebody like, oh, well, you can hang out with these people or, you know, something like that. You know what I mean? That's cool. And uh, I thought that was pretty cool. That's very cool. And then once you're there, it's very like, um, you know, there's a lot of people that are working there, directing traffic, seats, and people meeting up there. And everyone kind of looks very like Justin Bieber. Ah, They're all very, like, hip-dressed. Everyone's in in tune with the world. Let's just say that. They're stylish. I describe as there's a lot of hunks. I, I know exactly what you mean by that. (laughs) but that's only because you've you've used that expression to me before so yes that's back to stemming back to john c Riley. yes that's a reference to something that he does oh okay so then once you do that then then the music kind of starts and they have the screens and the led lights and you know it's very it's very much like a concert Uh, it's praise and worship it's like you you've been to steubenville Mm mm-hmm it's like that, but on steroids. Wow. It takes it to a whole nother level. Um, I don't know if I would say that. You don't think it's, it's the, much the better produc- than... The production value is, uh, is about the same as Steubenville, meaning like the equipment they use. But right. the worship is definitely at, an, at another level. Gotcha. So the, pro- the, the production level... Is is about I would say as like it's St. John's the amount of equipment they use, which to think that's an arena and this is a small music club essentially, um, but it's really cool that they do that every week. So they do Tuesdays and Sundays, um, and it's it's the questions that we had. Do you want to say them? Like how we could apply them to the church. Well, one of the things is just the welcoming aspect. I think is something that we're we're severely lacking. Someone comes to church for the first time, 
and they're just left to their own devices. I mean, obviously, like you can show up here and not know anything, and then you just all everything's written on the screens, and you can sing and just listen. There's not as much participation as a mass. So, I mean, we can't compare it in that sense. Like mass, yeah. there's you know how you respond. However, specifically, which I thought of this, and obviously no longer have a youth group but i feel like if you were to do a quote-unquote youth mass like a life teen mass at your parish uh-huh. if you get your top three extroverted kids in your group and if they're handing out song sheets or something like that and they see a kid come in by themselves that they've never seen before it's kind of like training them to welcome that kid you know because i mean i've and i've admittedly have failed that with that like when i was a youth minister there was uh, not the sound whatever but there was a, a good amount of extroverted personalities that would come so it was a, it was its own job to kind of manage all of that where i would then right. neglect like the quieter shy more awkward kid i, I tended to neglect it's... them because of all the personalities where right. with this model you then take the extroverted Personality, and then you apply them in a leadership position to specifically minister to that quiet. And chances kid. are, if you're a youth minister in a parish that has a, a youth mass, chances are you have a big thing to do with that youth mass, and you're you're helping to run it and make things go smooth. So, you know, you're pulled in all different exactly. directions because you have all these other responsibilities, you're wearing all these hats. So, too, that's a great place to motivate like youth leaders to take ownership and and do that welcoming thing and even it says like welcome home when you come in and even that verbiage i really like because it's like you're really well and it's not they don't this specific church too um because you hear stories and read things and that like certain non-denominational churches there i mean like the whole big thing with joel steen not letting people in his church during the hurricane so then like there's some like skepticism like ah you say things but how much is it backed right. up and like these people if they're saying welcome home and you walk in by yourself and people are coming to greet you they're backing yeah. it up like they're backing up and then the second aspect that we want to talk about is how they're very much involved in the community um so they have a pulse on what nashville needs so yeah the organization that i and that's part i would say i would say that that's part of being welcoming too yeah exactly because you, you know, you wel- they welcome you at, at the service, but then, like, during the week, like, they see you out and about in town and having something to do with the community and being a part of the big community events. Like, that's the- – then it's real. Then it's real, you know. That's, yeah. It's not just um, – you know, it's not just they're welcoming there, but they're, they're going out. And I think – I'm glad you brought this whole topic up, actually, because I think there is a lot to be learned. Um, in the Catholic Church. I think there's a lot of churches that would claim that they are welcoming right now. Um, well, I, I think before and, we continue too much on, on that idea, welcoming, like, I went, we went to a church in North Carolina that had probably like 100 parishioners. Remember that? We were there twice mm-hmm. visiting a friend of ours. And you go in there and everyone knows you're not from there. And they're super nice and friendly. But like being from New York, I was like, I don't really want to be welcomed. You know what I mean? Like I just want to go to mass and be left alone. 
So it's like a well, weird kind of balance that you have to find. It is. No, and, and there's, a, there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. And, that, and that's what I was kind of leading to. Like, I think a lot of parishes would, would claim to be welcoming, you know, because the priest forces everybody to shake hands and greet each other at the beginning of Mass. Right. And I don't think that's necessarily... Not, not that I think it's a bad thing, but I don't think that's... I think that's a far cry from what it sounds like you're describing they're doing at, a, at this other church. Yeah, this is very organic. And then they, they invite people to what they call connect groups. So essentially they break down uh, different areas in Nashville. So if you were to apply it to Long Island, it would be like the Belmore connect group and then the Merrick connect group and then the Montauk <coughs> connect group and then like all these different towns where people go to a house and then the, the hosts... They probably have like snacks, coffee, stuff like that. And then it's essentially a Bible study. So that's even something that they were advertising right away is like if we're looking for a house for these two areas because we're lacking. And if you're not a part of a connect group, become a part of a connect group because then right. it's their idea. If you're new in town, like, if you're like all these kind of things. So and, even, yeah. And, and that's kind of like people that are new and looking for friends it's like this is the perfect place to send them because you're in a, a safe environment so to speak and they're actively doing things for you and then the third aspect is their outreach how, their outreach which overall. is marketable marketable outreach so yeah. i mean they were the people loving nashville thing that we do um on mondays they're very much invested in that so like what they recently did is they put together a survival bag so it's like what a homeless person would need to for a few days and they put it in a bag and then you buy a bunch of bags and where you're driving around nashville you can hand out a bag to someone if you see someone in need and, the, um, and right. one of the things that they said was don't just give them the bag but like look in their eyes and talk to them and treat them as a as a person but like one of the things that went with these kind of bags is that like it's it's marketable it's 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 it could be um to use like twitter terms like trending if you see these bags around you see that you're doing something and i'm not saying marketable in the sense it's like oh this is how they're promoting they're using this to promote their church in like uh you know, like a, a, a bad kind of way. That's not what I mean. It's like a very positive, marketable thing that you can start tracking the good that's being done when you see people right. around. Yeah, the, the numbers won't lie. Because people want to be involved in something. Like, especially like our generation wants to be involved in something. And you see a lot of the groups in the church now, in the Catholic church now, um, that are supposed to be charitable kind of lost a step. And they're charitable in the sense it's like, you know, like this so-and-so group gives $500 to a seminarian. That's great. But it's, it's like it's, it's not something that you're actually doing. You know what I mean? Like, so right. a younger person joins this group and most of the time it has older people in it. And it's like, well, what do you do for charity? It's like, oh, we give money to this place and we give money to that place. And we have like a bake sale and then we use that money to give. And that's all that's all well and good because the people who are running it tend to be 70s and older which right. is which is like they they can't be going somewhere and building a house right. and like where and the they younger give their money that they've saved up over the years right right and and get and what, so that's a good thing and that's a good way for them to do it but like we're i think we're lacking in the kind of outreach that something like the belonging 
is able to provide and offer. And it's like yeah. a, a very tangible, get your hands and feet dirty kind of thing where like even for this the people loving nashville saying like you're we preach that we should love people and we're gonna go out and serve the homeless like that's something that rather than selling cookies for something you're actually doing something where it's not one's not better or worse but i think that's why it attracts younger people because I think younger people now, they want to act versus just do something not related. Because everything else they do is just sitting around. So Yeah, so they want to, if they're actually passionate about it, and I, I think that leads to more evangelization in the sense of that you're practicing what you're preaching. And if you're going to preach something to, I mean, specifically in this case a group of kids and you're like jesus did this and that and that they could very easily say well why aren't we doing that and i I think i agree what this church does is actually they do it so it was it's it's cool to be a part of it's cool to see um it's it's very interesting and i I think a lot of non-denominational churches part of their success is the things that we're naming here there are there are obviously things that sort of we we would disagree in in a sense um yeah but disagree like on a theological level and and stuff like that but definitely how it's administered was was pretty cool so yeah and i think one of the things that like which is a positive and a negative is for a lot of like a, a church like the belonging you have to market yourself you have to otherwise people won't come Right. Whereas a Catholic church, people come whether you market it or not. Yeah, that's a good point. And and that, but that's also part of our problem. But that's probably a story for another day. But and it's uh, the last like there, even things like. It sounds kind of not important, but a lo- a cool logo. That they have a, a cool logo that you could put on a sticker and put on your car. And be like, wow, that's nice. Like, I would want to represent that. Even something like that, I think we could apply to our churches. But we don't. But we don't, unfortunately. Um, so if there's anyone listening, not to be like a negative Nancy for this whole episode, but it was like, if those people are listening and have never thought of these things, maybe think about them. I think one of the best things I did in Long Beach was hired my friend to make a logo. And now it's like it's everyone has it on their car in Long Beach. That's yeah, pretty cool. It makes a big difference. Yeah, because you know what? It makes you feel like a part of something. Yeah, like, and I, they're definitely thriving in that sense, specifically at St. Mary of the Isle. Um, <coughs> Nolan, are you okay? Nolan! <coughs> Nolan! <coughs> yeah, I'm okay. Okay. Oh, man. That's this post nasal drip, darn it. So is there anything to add to that, Nolan? Any questions about the belonging? I recommend the the, the album for some I w- either, really... I think one of the first things I might do after this podcast is check out the album. But, yeah, it's some gangster um, uh, praise and worship music. That's probably not the best adjective to use. But gangster you know I mean. or gangsta? No, g- gangster. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's the R. Um, makes it more credible I, I'm, I'm actually curious whether Father Sean wore his clerics that day I did not 
Did anyone know that you were a priest at any point? Some of the people there know me. Did so anyone they find out that, I... that you were a priest? No. Not only the people who already knew me. Got then you. they wouldn't welcome him. They would kick him out then. So that's why I didn't. I'm just kidding. Yeah. But at people loving Nashville, I've worn my clerics. And they were fine with it? Well, some of the people there were Catholic, so... Oh, okay. Because that, that's just like... By it, some of the people, he means me. <laughs> no, there was a group that was yeah, there that uh, were Catholic. Yeah, I know. Oh, no, no. Some of the people in the group were Catholic. Yeah. Not, yeah. Some of them are former Catholics, which is, I think, always funny because it's like people always feel guilty and have to tell me that. <laughs> oh, I used to be Catholic. Oh, okay. Why are you telling me this? Well, I'm a And you were like, well, we, well, we can change that. <laughs> we can, we can to... bring it back if you want to come back. Yeah. Here's yeah. my number. Here's my email. So I would recommend checking it out. <laughs> Sounds good. We could, uh, <laughs> we could geek out about this uh, forever, but I, I feel like now's a good stopping point. Especially because Father Sean's got to do something about that hair. Yeah. Got to go take a shower. Wearing a predator's hat. And some guy asked me, did we talk about that? I don't know. Did did we talk about it on the podcast or did we talk about it before we started recording? I'm wearing a predator. (laughs) Just in case we didn't, and I'll just cut this out if we didn't already. But I'm wearing a Predators hat, and this guy was like, Are you a Predators fan? And no, he asked me how the Predators doing. I'm like, I don't know. I don't I'm not really a fan. Cool story, bro. Well, any last words, Nolan? No, I'm speechless once again. Yeah, what's that? That's good. We're not going to do a final amen, I guess. Father Sean, anything? Well, we're not going to do a final amen, or we're not going to do a final question? I don't know. You tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. There you go. That that was was the final question. Uh, We didn't even get to ask a question this week. We didn't get to ask a question this week. What are the chances? Origami. Um... (laughs) Cut that part out too Okay God bless everybody who listened to this podcast You've been listening to the Untitled Catholic Podcast See you next time Gotta work on our finishes That was...